0: Thank you for joining our broadcast today at City Life Church. We would love to hear how God is using this ministry to change your life. So please take a moment to send us your story at info at citylifechurch.cc. And if God has used this ministry to touch you in any way, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially to help us to bring God's word to other people. You can go to our website at citylifechurch.cc to find the giving options that work best for you. We've got an encouraging word for you, and we pray that you lean in and engage as we head into the auditorium for today's message.
1: I want to speak to you today from our our series we started last week Don't Stop. Look at your neighbor, say, Don't Stop. (laughs) Look at your other neighbor, your second choice, say, Don't Stop. (laughs) We talked last week about how we are challenged to keep believing. And how we are required as people of faith to walk out a faithful, faith-filled life. You know, the whole story of Christmas is about a group of individuals that believed and had a hope in a dark season. We find that the heavens had been silent for over 400 years. The religious system of that day was broken. It was more about religion than relationship. The political landscape of that hour was Not only marginalized, but it had become corrupt. And we find that the people of God, for the most part, were wondering. But through a young girl, as we talked about last week, that lived a righteous life and found favor with the Father, received this crazy word that would turn a world upside down. And with one simple statement, it activated the purpose and the plan of God in her. A simple yes. You know, sometimes all that the Father is looking for in our life is a simple yes. Three little letters that seem so insignificant. But they activate God's promise and his plan for our life. And in Luke chapter 2, Mary and Joseph are now awaiting this arrival of God's promise of hope. And in Luke chapter 2 verse 1, we find they set out on this crazy journey a young couple, no, no, right. She was not mother Mary at this time. She was just young Mary. I told you from around the block. <laughs> she, she didn't know a lot of people. Nobody knew her, but God had a promise for her life. And in verse one of Luke chapter two, it says this. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quintus was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth to Galilee in Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house in the lineage of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting the child while there. The time came for the baby to be born and she gave birth to the firstborn. A son wrapped him in swaddling clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them in the inn. There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were terrified, but the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes, lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company and the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those whom his favor rests. When the angel had left and gone into the heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and find this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. And when they saw him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Last week, we talked about don't stop believing. Today, I want to talk to you today from the subject Don't Stop Praying don't stop praying. We find that the word that God had given Mary has now been manifest in her life. But the backstory story is this. We find that there is this young girl that lived a righteous life. You say, well, pastor, how do you know she lived a righteous life? Because the angel told her she had found favor with God. And the only way you find favor with God is if you live a right life a life of principle. Now you can find favor with people, favor with man, favor with places and organizations, but she found favor with God. And it tells me she lived a righteous life because she was chosen to carry the promise of the Savior. And the Bible said she found favor with God. I believe she lived a life according to the word, according to the law of that day. She lived a life of principled worship and principled prayer. And the Bible said God visited her. He interrupted her day And surprised her with the guest of an angel in her house. And the word that God gave her sounded crazy. Said, you're going to have a child. You're going to carry a promise. And this promise will change the world. Finally, a simple yes and a declaration. Here I am. Let it be unto me according to your word. And the Bible said the promise was activated. But what you have to understand while this was happening, there were also other people Involved. If you ever really understand that you're not alone in the assignment and the purpose that God has placed you in, and the purpose in your life is really not about you, but it's about the kingdom of what God is doing in the earth. And your life and others' life intertwined together unlocks the purpose of God for this city, for this region, for our lives individually. And the Bible says as God is working in her, God is also working in some of her family's life. Zechariah and Elizabeth. And in Luke chapter 1, verse 5, it says this, In the time of Herod, the king of Judah, there was a priest named Zechariah, who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth, who was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as a priest before God, he was chosen by lot according to the custom of the priesthood to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing at the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was startled and gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you will call his name John and he will be a joy and a delight to you and many will rejoice because of his birth. Here's what happens. Zechariah is part of a priesthood, 8,000 priests approximately at that time and he was drawn by lot. His name was drawn out of a hat for him to serve at this moment. Now watch what happens. For him to serve at this moment, in this time, at this point, in their journey would have really been almost like winning the lottery all the odds were stacked against him but his name was drawn but that just tells me when God is ready to deliver something into your life the Bible said not only was he drawn by lot but they were old in age they were past the expiration date of having children when they looked in the mirror they were reminded that it was too late and some of you today look in the mirror and you think maybe the promise of God for your life or maybe the plan God is doing is too late maybe you think you're too old to start something new I've got good news for you this story right here tells me when God has a purpose and a plan and God has something for you to fulfill it's never too late but what happens is this God speaks to them and tells them that they're going to have a son he tells them against all odds he tells them that they are going to carry a promise. Now the Bible said while they were praying and God does this twice he interrupts ordinary people's lives, people that are intertwined together, connected and he tells them that they are going to carry a promise a promise that will ultimately change the world and the Bible said while they were praying God interrupts their life and something began to happen but over and over God tells them in this dialogue with them that they are not to fear but they are to have faith. I am Telling you over, and over in the Christmas story, you find this phrase "Do not fear" from shepherds in a field to Mary in her house to Zachariah in the temple. Why is that? Because there is nothing that will silence your prayer and your worship like fear. It will battle your faith. And today we live in a time where so many things want to silence who we are, our voice, and the voice of God in our life. But I've got good news. Where fear is trying to invade your life, we have faith that overrides fear. And in this world where the would like to cancel our voice faith rises up but here's what happens the bible said that god speaks to Zechariah and tells him he's going to have a child if you're ever going to under truly understand prayer you have to realize this prayer is not a monologue but it is a dialogue it's not just us speaking i, I can talk a lot and if you've ever been around me much you realize i i, I have the gift of gab i mean i can talk But sometimes, if I don't watch when I pray, all I do is talk to God. You know, when I pray, something has to happen. Prayer is a monologue. It is. It's not a monologue. It's a dialogue. It's us coming to a place where we realize that this conversation we're having is two-way. When I pray, something happens. When I pray, my prayer life, that's why James chapter 5 verse 16 says, The effective, fervent prayer, passion, unceasing prayer of a righteous man, it avails much. There is a way to pray effectively in your journey. Now there is a way to pray uh, where your prayers are ineffective and they, they come to a place. Have you ever felt like maybe your prayers were just kind of bouncing off the ceiling? Maybe like this sermon right now. So I'm not getting anything out of it. Uh, I've preached a bunch of those, so don't worry. Um, Have you ever prayed and you felt like your prayer was doing nothing? You felt like it was going nowhere? I find there is a way to pray that is effective, that is passionate, that is unceasing. Here's what the Bible says. That when we pray, we're not only to speak. Now, you, you need to speak when you pray. You need to speak when you declare the word of God. You need to speak because you understand the Bible says we have not because we ask not. The Bible tells us that when we speak in faith and when we pray in faith, the Bible says we have the ability to petition the heavens for what we need. We can ask God. In In our speaking, we thank God for what we need. We thank him for what he's done. We also have the power to repent when we've done the wrong thing. And we all need repentance in our life and we speak that repentance. We declare that repentance. And the Bible said from that repentance times of refreshing come." But there is another part of the dialogue of our prayer. And it's when we listen. Now I don't always do this well. It's when we listen and we listen for what God is saying. The Bible says we have need to have an ear to hear what the spirit is saying. And when you listen, you find out that he's a speaking God. That's why Matthew chapter 5 says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That word proceeds simply means this, ever forthcoming. Not just what God is saying right now, but what he says tomorrow, and what he'll say next week, and what he'll say in the next season of your journey. And when you listen, you find out that he does have a purpose, and he does have a plan. And Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11 is true, that he is this God that has orchestrated our life. And when I listen, I will hear his his voice. I don't only speak, but I listen. But then I have to meditate. That's when I ground myself in what God says. I marinate myself in it. I saturate myself in the word of God where that word becomes a part of the fabric of who I am and I become part of that word that he has spoken over me and I meditate in that word. And it's not long that if I'm meditating on that word, I start believing the word of God. I start believing that the word of God is true. I start believing that this word that he has given me is life and it begins to change who I am. It's easy to believe for others sometimes. The Bible tells us that there was a man that came and needed a miracle in his house. And Jesus said, all you have to do is believe. And he said, I believe, but help my unbelief. I can believe for you and for you and for you, but I'm having trouble believing for me. But if you will meditate in the word that God has for your life, very long you will begin to believe what he is saying and he will challenge you with that word and before long you move from believing it to receiving it. That place where you come and say Lord I believe it's for me and my house. Be it unto me according to your word. Father I don't just believe it I receive it. I believe you're going to do it in my life. I believe that I'm the head and not the tail. I believe I'm the first and not the last. I believe I've been put in this season for such a time as this. I believe that your purpose and your plan will be revealed in the And something happens when I receive the word of god, but then I begin to act on the word of god I begin to take the word of god. That's what happens with mary The bible said that she began to act on the word of god. I love what happens in luke chapter one She hears the word mary is now ready. She doesn't understand it fully. This word sounds crazy It's beyond what she can put together. But the bible said in verse 39 That mary got ready and hurried to town quickly in the hill country of Judea where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth when when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting the baby leaped in her womb And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And and with a loud voice she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you bear. Here's what happens. The promise in Mary connected with the promise in Elizabeth. And here's what you have to understand. You're not the only one praying. You're not the only one believing. You're not the only one trusting for God to work in your life, or in your children, or in your family, or maybe the ministry God has given you, or in the marketplace God has assigned you. There are others praying. But when you begin to connect with other people, that are people of prayer God ignites not only the gift and the promise in you but it connects with the gift and the promise and they begin to work together in conjunction because John would be directly connected to Jesus he would prepare the way for Jesus and the Bible said the minute that Elizabeth heard the voice of Mary the promise in Elizabeth began to leap and begin to jump and the Holy Spirit began to rest over her you may be the answer to someone's miracle you may be the answer to someone's promise you may be the one so keep praying do not not give up. pray until you begin to believe that God is going to do it. Meditate in what God is saying till you believe that it's going to happen and then begin to walk it out. Now, here's what happens. Mary and Joseph, they begin to act out the word of God. God begins to put all of the things together so that the promise of God and the prophecies of the Old Testament will be fulfilled. God begins to put the right people in place Politically. I mean, it's hard to believe that he can put the right people in place politically. Now, listen to me. If you can trust him for a Republican, you have to trust him for Democrats, you know, we just believe that God is sovereign. Amen. Amen. And at the end of the day, he has the final word. And whoever, ch- I don't even need to get on that. I need to move on. I'm going to get like three emails this afternoon, you know, send them to Pastor Mike. But here's what happens. Here's what happens. The Bible says he puts the right people in place politically. He puts the right leaders in place. They declare a census. The first one that's been declared in many, many years and generations. That takes Mary and Joseph from where they are to now Bethlehem. So could have Jesus because it had been prophesied that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem. He had shepherds waiting in the field and the angel showed up at the shepherd and he told them that the baby that was arriving was the Messiah. And I believe this is what God was doing. He was going to invite everybody to the party. He would have kings that would journey to find Jesus and we'll talk about these kings next week and the journey of worship. But the Bible said he invited shepherds. Why were shepherds so important? We find that shepherds were the last people invited to the party. Nobody wanted shepherds at their party because shepherds smelled like animals. They were dirty. They've been in the field. They spent long night. They were usually not groomed well. But I will tell you this. Jesus invites everybody. There's a place at the table. It doesn't matter where you've been, where you're at, or where you're going. There's always a place. These shepherds show up. They show up hearing that this baby would be a Messiah. when they get there, the King of Glory is not in a beautiful suite. He's not in a palace, but he's in a barn, And he's lying in a manger. And once again, I believe that's the father showing us i don't have to have everything perfect to arrive i just need a space and that's what he does in our life you don't have to have it all together i just need a place you don't have to be perfect i just need a place you don't have to have everything everything put into arrive. i just need a place and we find that all of a sudden the pieces of god are now converging and the promises of god are being delivered but it started with people of prayer when there was no hope when the world was dark. When the heavens were silent there was a young girl and an older couple. People from different backgrounds different generation. They were all people of prayer. When the heavens were silent they kept praying. When there was no answer they kept praying. And I find out that's the same today. If we walk in this old grocery store and we open our mouth every time we open our mouth the king of glory once again arrives. And he arrives in places that are not perfect. He arrives with people that are not perfect. And he arrives in moments that we did not expect. Stand with me this morning. Man, you guys are fired up for Christmas. I can't even wait till New Year's. Here's what the Christmas story speaks to us. That God will deliver Himself to the least likely of people, show up in the least likely of places, and when He arrives, He always brings the supernatural. He always does what we cannot do. He also establishes in His arrival His perfect plan. His purpose in us. And the amazing thing is, He allows us to be a part of it. People with flaws, people that have made poor choices, people that, when they look in the mirror, just like Zechariah and Elizabeth, they feel like it's too late. Or maybe they feel like they've made so many poor choices. They're no longer a candidate for the promise of God. But one yes from a young girl, one yes from an older couple, changed the world. What if one yes in your life changed your world? What if one yes changed your children? What if one yes changed and unlocked a season a blessing and favor that silenced the voice of your yesterday and opened a promise for a tomorrow I'm going to pray with you today Father I thank you Father for your presence I thank you for your promise I thank you Father that you have put a purpose and a promise and a destiny in each of us That which challenges us to pursue and persevere. It calls us to keep moving, keep believing, keep praying, keep trusting. And it challenges us to be better, to do the right thing. Father, all it requires is a yes from us. So, Father, I pray that our heart would be aligned with your purpose. We would hear your words. We would believe your words. And we would activate and do what you have called us to do. Father, I pray that an anointing and a favor would rest on every individual. Not just those in this room, but those at church online. Those that'll watch this by replay and television. I pray that your goodness and your grace would rest in our yes would activate the heavens.
0: Thank you again for joining us for today's broadcast. Our prayer is that it ministered to you and it changed your life. If there's anything we can pray with you about or God has used this ministry to touch you in any way, please send us an email to info at citylifechurch.cc. We want to invite you to be our guest at one of our Sunday or Wednesday worship experiences and you can find our times and locations on our website at citylifechurch.cc. You can also download our City Life Church app on your smartphones or tablets for more online messages. It was great having you with us today and we'll see you next time.